Hello everybody, this is Dan Trotter, Pretty Good Bible Studies. I am going to cover the last four verses in Luke chapter 24, and we'll be, we'll be finished not only with Luke, but with the Synoptic Gospels, which is nice because the next audio I'm going to do is going to be starting with John chapter 1, and we won't have to bounce all over the place for the most part. We can go straight through. Now in our last audio in Luke 24, chapter 24, verses 44 through 49, we saw Jesus returning to Jerusalem from Galilee. This is during that 40-day period after he had risen from the dead, after he had spent Resurrection Sunday night in Jerusalem. Then the next Sunday night, he was also in Jerusalem meeting the disciples. Then he and the disciples all went back to Galilee. We know there that he gave the disciples the Great Commission he met with seven disciples by the Sea of Galilee. They had the draft of the fish and so forth. And then they come back to Bethany, and Jesus tells them to wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit. He's going to go back to heaven. So that was the background, and in this passage here, we're going to talk about his ascension right ten days before Pentecost. Now, this story is given in a parallel version in Mark 16, 19 through 20. And we also have a description of the ascension in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. We're going to skip that. I'm going to, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to splice in my discussion of the ascension that I made when I covered Mark 16, 19 through 20. I made a reference here to Luke 24, 50 through 53 in that splice, and I made a mention of Acts 1, 1 through 12 in that splice too, and that'll that'll do us for this ending of Luke chapter 24. When I get to Acts as I go through the, after I finish the Gospels and I go through Acts, we'll take up that those 12 verses in the Ascension verses again, maybe in a little bit more detail. So right now I'm going to splice in my discussion of Mark chapter 16, verses 19 through 20, concerning the Ascension, and that splice begins now. We'll go to Mark 16, 19 through 20, which reads as follows. So then, when the Lord Jesus has spoken to them, again, this is this now we're on the Mount of Olives, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. This is his Ascension we've gotten to finally. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. Now, notice that the apostles preached with signs that followed. This is, cessationists never mention this verse, they, or they like to avoid it. But the signs that followed, it might explain why the fastest growing churches in the world are Pentecostal and charismatic movements. I saw some good statistics by a mission organization one time that showed that. Even though most people, most Christians in the world are not Pentecostal and charismatic, I think it's only one-third are, but the fastest-growing movements in the world are charismatic and Pentecostal. And that's despite all the scandals and doctrinal screwiness that often arises, and I do deplore that, and I think it's horrible. But I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater, not when I see people getting saved, because that's what, that's what it's all about, spreading the gospel across this benighted planet so that it might be redeemed from its sin and corruption. So then, when the Lord Jesus has spoken to them, spoken to them in verse 19, that this was probably during the 40 days before the ascension or so, between the, well, the 40 days actually between the resurrection and the ascension, 
but I think it's that's what John Gill says. But I think it's referring more particularly to just this last little speech he gave to him when he told him to wait for the promise of the Father from on high, and he explained to them how he had fulfilled the scriptures and how the gospel of transgression, forgiveness from iniquity and transgression was going to be spread to all the world, beginning in Jerusalem. All of that's what he's talking about. Just before he rose, was risen up into heaven, he went into the right hand of God. The right hand, of course, is the position of authority. It's second only to God's authority, as the NIV Study Bible says. Now, notice that it says that the word was confirmed by the signs that followed. The Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs that followed. Jesus did signs. Was he confirming the apostles? No. He was not confirming the apostles. He was confirming the signs that the apostles did. That's also in the book of Hebrews. I forgot the reference, but it's a verse that people always say, see there, only apostles can do signs. Nonsense. It's the word. That means little old people like me and you can do signs if it means getting people into the heaven, into, king, into the kingdom. Pray for a miracle. I just saw it happen in China. A very dedicated Indian Christian right now saw her father miraculously healed as he was on his deathbed in an emergency ward in a hospital in Shanto, China. No apostle prayed for that man to be raised up from his from the ICU. A Chinese pastor and yours truly did it, and we ain't no apostles. So, it was the word that is confirmed, not the apostles. Now, the NASB has a, an addition here in brackets. The KGV doesn't have. In fact, I've never even seen this before. It's a very questionable manuscript authority. I looked at the ESV study Bible's note about it and then convinced that I don't think it's really in the original text. But since the NASB, the New American Standard, has it, I'll read it to you. And they promptly reported, they, the disciples, apostles, promptly reported all these instructions to Peter and his companions. And after that, Jesus himself sent out through them from east to west the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. Well, the problem I have with that was why would they report all those instructions to Peter and his companions since they were right there listening to Jesus? Why would they need to have it reported to them? I don't think that's part of the scripture. I'm not going to waste any more time with that. So we have now finished the book of Mark. Jesus has ascended into heaven. Let's go to Luke 24 and pick up some more details about the ascension. Verse 50 through 53 of Luke 24 reads as such. Then he, Jesus, led them out as far as Bethany. He led them out from Jerusalem where he was teaching them. And lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was carried up into heaven. After worshiping him, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple complex, praising God. That's interesting. Great joy, even though he left them. Boy, he left them in grand style, though did he not. They weren't doubters anymore. They spread the gospel, and the gospel spread everywhere to such an extent that you and I, 2,000 years later, believe in the risen Jesus Christ. Now, it says he led them out as far as Bethany. Bethany, of course, is the city where Mary and Martha lived. It's just to the east of the Mount of Olives. If you look on a map of BibleAtlas.org, that's where it is. The NIV Study Bible says that also. And so the NIV Study Bible says the ascension occurred on the eastern slope of the Mount of Olives between Jerusalem and Bethany. So somewhere around in the vicinity of Bethany and Jerusalem, of Bethany, I'm sorry, somewhere near Bethany, Jesus ascended. Now, it's complicated as how they know that. I'm just going to take their word for it because I'm too lazy to go through the, the logic of it. They, Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown say that the ascension was not at the village itself, but on the descent to it from the Mount of Olives. So it was on the way down from the top of the mountain, halfway down to the village on the east, and that's where the ascension took place. Now you notice that in verse 53 in Luke 24 says they were continually in the temple complex praising God. In other words, they left the Mount of Olives and went back into Jerusalem 
and they spent a lot of time in the temple. That's where the first believers met before they gathered together in their homes. Acts chapter 2, verse 46. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with a joyful and humble attitude. The evangelism was done in the temple. The worship was done in the houses, house to house. Acts 3, 1. Now Peter and John were going up together to the temple complex at the hour of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Acts 5.21, in obedience to this, they entered the temple complex at daybreak and began to teach. Acts 5.42, every day in the temple complex and in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So in the temple and in homes, they went back to Jerusalem and preached this new, about this kingdom of God that Jesus had so thoroughly prepared them for. Notice that Jesus was blessing the disciples as he went up into heaven. Lifting up his hands in verse 50, Luke 24, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he lifted them up and carried them to heaven. Carried, he was carried into heaven, blessing the disciples as he went. That's why they had great joy. They went into Jerusalem, into the temple complex. All those verses I read was after Pentecost. The first thing they did when they went to Jerusalem was to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. They were blessed, as John Gill says, with a, large, a larger measure of the Spirit. Quote, he blessed them with larger measures of grace and with more spiritual light and understanding into the scriptures of truth and with much inward peace of mind and with the fresh discoveries of pardoning love, which is very eloquent. way <laughs> of saying all the blessings that we get from the Holy Spirit. Now let's finish off this account of the ascension by looking at the account that Luke gives in Acts chapter 1, starting with verse 9. I'm not going to comment on this, just read it. And when he had said these things, as they were looking, looking, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they were looking steadfastly into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye looking into heaven? This Jesus which was received up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye beheld him going into heaven. And there's a promise that Jesus is going to come back physically, again, against the hyper-preterist heretics who don't believe that Jesus is coming back physically because they say he already came finally at eighty seventy. I do believe he came in judgment in eighty seventy in Jerusalem, but he didn't come finally. He's going to come again. Just like you saw him go up into heaven, he's going to come back bodily. Ladies and gentlemen, that ends our discussion of Mark and the events of the post-resurrection events after those first two Sunday nights in Jerusalem. Jesus appearing to his disciples in Galilee and then with his apostles in Jerusalem and his ascension into heaven from the Mount of Olives. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, now back from my spice. We have Jesus ascended into heaven. The Gospel of Luke is over. The Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are over. And we'll take up John starting in chapter 1 in the next audio. I hope you enjoyed this one.